0: Hello friends, my name is Eric Cloward and welcome to The Stoic Coffee Break. The Stoic Coffee Break is a weekly podcast where I take an aspect of stoicism and do my best to break it down to its most important points and talk about how I use it in my life. I share my experiences, both my successes and my failures, and hope that you can learn something from my mistakes. And today's episode is about accepting yourself. But before I get started with today's episode, I want to talk about kind of where the podcast is going and why I'm back. So I know that I've been kind of off the air for about seven months. Um, At the time near the end of last year, uh, my personal relationship was starting to fall apart. I was feeling overwhelmed. I was feeling burnt out. And even though I said that I was going to take time to step back and work on other projects. Uh, in this case, learning how to do VR and AR type of stuff. I found that once I stopped doing the podcast and I started trying to work on this on the VR stuff, um, I found that I didn't have any motivation for it at all. I simply just needed to rest. I, I took time off. I didn't really work on anything. I spent time with friends and watched plenty of Netflix. Just did lots of things to kind of relax. And I think what I realized was that I was looking for an excuse to stop doing the podcast because I was really burnt out and I just couldn't quite admit that. So over the last few months, um, a lot of things have changed in my life for the better. Um It's been a challenging seven months, but in the last two months, there've been some pretty big shifts in my life. And I found that they were things that I definitely wanted to share with you because they changed my life so much, and I hope that these are things that you can take into your life, and hopefully they'll help you as much as they've helped me. So like I said, today's episode is called is about accepting yourself, and I think it's probably one of the hardest things that we will ever do, but I think it's one of the most important things that we can do in our lives. And when you decide to take this on and make it a priority, it can be one of the most life-changing things you can ever do for yourself. Marcus Reilly said, It never ceases to amaze me. We all love ourselves more than other people. But we care more about their opinion than our own. And this is a very true statement. We will do all sorts of things to take care of ourselves and to look out for ourselves. But when it comes to other people's opinions, oftentimes we put those far above ourselves. And that's exactly what this episode is all about so a few months ago there was an incident that happened between me and somebody they care about very much and this person had hurt me very deeply and not only was i furious i was devastated and even though they apologized it took me quite some time to actually forgive them and i really held on to this anger for quite a while but in that time this also got me thinking why had this incident hurt so much Why did the action of this person have so much sway over me? And it took me a while of mulling this over in my mind until, I don't know, I kind of caught a glimmer of an idea and I realized that my self-esteem was so wrapped up in other people that if they thought ill of me or did something that I felt hurt by, it was far more devastating than if it had just been any one of my other friends or my work colleagues. So when I realized this, I decided that I wanted to take back my self-esteem, since that's where it should have been in the first place. And taking back your self-esteem when you have spent your whole life living by external validation is not an easy thing. And I needed to make a plan. But it seemed like something that was completely impossible because I didn't know where to begin. So I started reading about some possible ideas, such as the idea of identity and what makes us who we are. And I thought a lot about the roles that we take on that we consider part of our identity. I read about the ego and the id, reading some Jung and some Freud, and of course Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius and some of the other Stoics. And all of these things were leading me in the right direction, but I felt like there was one thing missing. And I'll get to that in just a minute. But one of the first things that I did was I decided to start a daily meditation practice. And I'd been listening to a podcast that had Naval Ravikant on there. And he talked about how about three years ago, one of his mentors challenged him to start meditating for an hour each day for 60 days. And he did it. And he said that after 60 days, he found that his level of anxiety in his daily life had dropped so dramatically that it was just... It was life-changing, and that since that time, he continues that practice and has only missed it maybe a dozen times over three years. And he said that it was as though taking that time gave his brain the opportunity to sort through and process all of the garbage that he that had spent years ignoring, and that each time he did the meditation, he found that after, excuse me, the first 40 minutes or so, um, the first 40 minutes are kind of a mess. And his mind kind of wanders around thinking about all kinds of random things. But that last 20 minutes are so much clearer and relaxed and really set the tone for the rest of the day. So I committed to doing 60 minutes for 60 days. And I'm not quite there yet, so I have another week or two. Um, But it has been a key component in changing my life in a very dramatic and positive way. And I will tell you, it has not been easy. Sitting down and doing my best to pay attention to the fireworks going off in my mind is for an hour is really, really a challenging thing. Um, in that time, I've missed one day when I I didn't advocate for myself because we were traveling. And, I, you know, rather than beating myself up over for missing that and not continuing my streak, I was gentle with myself and recognized that I needed to advocate for the things that I need and that I you know, to hold the commitments that I've given to myself. Uh, A couple of other days I've had to do 30-minute sessions because I didn't have the time for a full hour because of poor planning on my part. But still, I've been kind to myself and recognized that I'm not striving for perfection, but just trying to do the best I can and to be sure to advocate myself when I need that time and when it may push off other plans or inconvenience other people. And after a few days of this, I was finding that it was helping. But even so, I got into a fairly big argument with this person. And after I cooled down, they asked me why I tried so hard to control what they thought of me. And I realized that I was terrified that if they knew who I really was deep down, that they wouldn't like me. And they asked me, what is it that's so bad about you that you have to hide? And I... I paused because I, I tried to think of something that was so, what it was that was so bad about me. And it, it was hard to come up with something. And I said, well, you know, I don't know. So I guess I should figure that out. So the next day I sat down and I wrote down all of the things that I don't like about myself. Anything that came to mind, I wrote it down. By the time I finished this exercise, I had about a dozen things. And as I looked them over... I realized that none of them were thi- none of the things on my list were all that bad. In fact, they were things that my friends struggle with. And I thought, if my friends can do these things and I still love and accept them, then why can't I just do the same for myself? And that was like a lightning bolt. There was just this moment where I realized that there was nothing about myself that I could not accept. I didn't have to love everything about myself. I don't think I'm perfect. I don't think I'm great at everything. And I don't handle things the way that I want to plenty of times. But at the very least, I can just accept these things about myself that I don't really care for. And this simple exercise shined a light on all of the things that I was afraid to look at about myself. And I realized that the fear of those things was far worse than the reality of those things. It's kind of like seeing a scary shadow of a monster, only to see that once the light is on, was just a tree branch outside your window. I mean, as Seneca says, we suffer more in imagination than in reality. What I realized was that having grown up in an environment where my self-worth and self-esteem came from external measurements of my church and my community, and that all my validation and acceptance came from somewhere else and not from me, that... I decided I was taking that back. I decided that I was in charge of my self-esteem and I was in charge of my self-acceptance. I'm going to take a moment here and kind of go on a little bit of a tangent. Um, And I want to talk about Kung Fu Panda. So if you haven't seen Kung Fu Panda, it is one of my favorite all-time movies. I've watched it dozens of times over the years and probably make it a yearly thing because I enjoy watching it so much. So what does Kung Fu Panda have to do with getting back your self-esteem? Well, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, there are going to be some spoilers. It's been out for years, so you have no excuse not to have seen it. If you don't want the spoilers, then you can pause this, go watch it, and come back and listen. And the basic premise of Kung Fu Panda is that Po, a big fat panda with no real martial arts skills, is chosen as the one that will save the village from Tai Lung, who is the most notorious village and all Sorry, the most notorious villain in all of the land. And as Poe struggles to learn how to fight, he feels like a mistake has been made, that he is not the chosen one. He can't fight like Tigress or Monkey or any of the other Furi- Furious Five who are the most celebrated fighters in the land. But as he learns to accept himself for who he is, which is a big fat panda, and not a Tigress or Monkey or Snake or any, of the- any other of the Furious Five, He learns to fight like a big fat panda, and that's exactly what is needed for him to defeat Tai Lung. And he discovers that just being himself and accepting himself is enough. So why is self-acceptance such a powerful tool? I think it's because all of us want to feel accepted. I mean, it feels great when others accept us for exactly who we are, so we can give that a gift of acceptance to ourselves. I mean, we can give ourselves exactly what we need. And the interesting thing is that as I've talked to other people about this simple and powerful tool, some people who are very close to me, it's fascinating to me how challenging it is for us to accept ourselves for exactly who we are. I mean, we make all kinds of excuses about how we can accept other people, but not ourselves. And that doing so feels like this insurmountable task. And why do so many of us find this so hard? I think it's because we believe that we are not worthy of love. We believe that we are too flawed for that kind of acceptance. But I would bet that if most of you took the time to write down the things you honestly don't like about yourself, there's probably nothing so bad on there that you couldn't accept it if it was something that one of your friends wrote down. To me, acceptance is a gift that we give others all the time. So we already know how to do it. We just need to point it at ourselves. And the reason why self-acceptance is so powerful is that we don't have to love everything about ourselves. I mean, it's always frustrating for me when I hear those gurus say, you know, just love yourself and you'll be fine. But if we don't believe that we're worthy of love, that's a really challenging thing to do. But if we can believe that we are at least very worthy of acceptance, then we can work on just accepting ourselves. We don't have to love ourselves, we don't have to like everything about ourselves, but we can accept ourselves for who we are, and that's both the things we do and the things we don't like about ourselves. So this week, I want you to sit down and write down all of the things that you don't like about yourself, every single thing that you can think of. And the reason I want you to do this is that in order to practice self-acceptance, you need to know what it is that you are accepting about yourself. You need the whole picture, both the things you like and the things you don't like. And after you've done that, I want you to look at those things that are on your list. Now, I find that most of these things fall into a few categories fat, facts and opinions. And the nice thing about the facts is that they are just things as they are. They are reality. So, not accepting them is to deny reality. If you are five foot seven or you weigh 180 pounds, those are just facts. You don't have to like that. You may want to weigh less or more or be taller or shorter. But even if you don't like them, you can accept them because they are reality. Now, when it comes to opinions about yourselves, well, those are generally subjective things and they are not things that are empirically true. The most common one that I find with people that I talk to is that they say that they just don't feel good enough, which is such a nebulous and unfactual statement. I mean, what is it that you are not good enough for? And what is good enough? I mean, are you talking about being a good enough human, being good enough at living Well, if you're a living human, you're probably good enough to be a living human because you're actually doing it. And the other thing about opinions is that they are just subjective. And so it's hard to prove them to actually be true. So at the bare minimum, just accept the fact that you have an opinion about yourself that is a bit negative and just accept that it's an opinion that you hold at this time. Now, if there's something on your list that you truly find unacceptable then that is something that you just need to work on accepting. If it is something that you have done in the past, then it's something that cannot be changed, and it is a fact. And remember, you don't have to love everything about yourself, but you can work on accepting that it is a part of who you are. And if it's some attribute about yourself that you don't like, such as you maybe think that you are too selfish, or too needy, or too judgmental, accept that it is a part of who you are at the moment but it is not who you have to be in the future. Now, as part of my meditation practice every day, I think deeply about how I can accept myself more wholly. As my mind wanders off and I bring it, bring my focus back around, I think about just accepting myself for exactly who I am. And I would suggest that you take time every day to do this as well. I would also challenge you to meditate every day for at least 30 minutes. And I know that, that can seem like a lot, but... For me, I found that my mind really needs that time to kind of let all the fireworks go. And just, just, I sit there and I just notice what I'm thinking. And then I gently bring my focus back around from time to time to something that I want to ponder. And that's it. It's not a complicated practice. It just gives your mind some space to process what's going on in your life. For years now, I've been working really hard on trying to manage my anger with varying degrees of success. But since I've learned that the core issue that was causing so much of my anger was that I really just didn't like and accept myself, learning to accept myself for exactly who I am has changed my life so dramatically. And for so long, I was trying so hard to work with the tools that I had, but until now, I was working on the wrong things. And the strides that I've made over the last few months have felt gigantic. I still have my bad days when I'm tired and grumpy, but when I fail I do my best to pick myself up make amends and keep going and honestly I feel much more solid as a person and I'm finally somebody that I really like and that's the end of this week's Stoic Coffee Break as always be good to yourself be good to others and thanks for listening hello friends thanks for listening to the podcast if you like what you hear Head on over to patreon.com slash stoiccoffee and help support this podcast by becoming a patron. Also, swing by our website at www.stoic.coffee, where you can sign up for our newsletter and buy some great looking shirts and hoodies at the new Stoic Coffee Shop. Also, if you know of somebody that would benefit from or would appreciate this podcast, please share it. Word of mouth is always the best way to help this podcast grow. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.